Good morning, brothers and sisters. I hope you are well this morning. And again, to any first-time visitors or visitors in a long time, my name is Mark Sony, and I have the privilege, calling, and honor to serve as one of the lay elders here at La Plata Baptist Church. Um, Now, brothers and sisters, as we begin, I want you to imagine something. Have you ever found something so precious or valuable in your life? There was this odd news article headline I found titled, Big Ugly Diamond Discovered by Arkansas State Park Visitor. David Anderson discovered what he called Bud, a 3.29 carat brown diamond at Crater of Diamond State Park in Arkansas. This is what Mr. Anderson said. At first, I thought it was quartz, but wondered why it was so shiny. Once I picked it up, I realized it was a diamond. And after hearing about the field where state park visitors are allowed to find and keep their diamonds, even given tools to do so, Mr. Anderson has done well so far. He also discovered a 3.83 yellow diamond in 2011, and in 2014, he discovered a 6.19 white diamond. You know, brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ spoke often about the greatest treasure that any person can discover in their life. So I would like to invite you to turn your, in your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, and we will be in verses 44 through 46 this morning. If you're using the Pew Bible in front of you, the text can be found on page 868. So let me set the context. Matthew's gospel was written to equip its original Christian Jewish readers with the teaching of Jesus as the promised Messiah. The purpose was so they might effectively spread the message of God's reign to all the nations. Now, think of how exciting this message is. God's reign is inaugurated and demonstrated through Jesus' ministry. The hope of the ages, as pointed to and prophesied in the Old Testament, has arrived and it continues in Jesus. So Jesus brings in God's kingdom through both his spirit-empowered works and his words. Our world is is under the rule of rebellion and sin, but God came to save a people and place them under his care and rule through Jesus Christ. And God brings people out of the dominion of darkness and into the kingdom of light in Christ, and he is still doing it today. And God changes people's hearts in the power of the Spirit, and one day, Christ will bring the whole creation under his rule. The good news is that sinners can know joy and peace now as they weep, as they wait, but they must listen to Jesus. And often, Jesus teaches about the nature of the kingdom through parables. But as the truths of the kingdom are coming out of Jesus's mouth, so in this part of the narrative, the responses to Jesus's message are mixed. So we see that the parables are designed to both reveal 
and conceal the hidden things about the kingdom. He uses parables, which are simple and usually narrative stories grounded in the real world. And Jesus is wrapping up his first set of parables to a very large crowd. A parable by nature is a short story or comparison that Jesus sows out with the intended effect to reveal or conceal the kingdom of heaven to its hearers. So before I begin, ask yourself, am I willing to focus on what he says? And Jesus fulfill, fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah in showing himself to be the Messiah, saying that that is why I speak to them in parables, because looking they do not see and hearing they do not listen or understand. So in this specific section, Jesus is now teaching only his disciples in a private room. He's teaching them specific parables about the positive and negative responses towards the kingdom. Some will reject it unto their eternal woe, and while all of Jesus' true disciples and believers at the end of the age will shine like the sun in the kingdom. So at this point in the story, the crowd is thinning, and they show no more interest in following up with Jesus. However, the disciples get clarity by following up with him. So brothers and sisters, we should do the same. Let's look at the text together. Jesus said, starting in verse 44, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure buried in a field that a man found and reburied. Then in his joy, he goes and sells everything he has and buys that field. Verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. When he found one priceless pearl, he went and sold everything he had and bought it. This is God's word. As you can see, these two brief parables are very similar. They illustrate the immense value of the kingdom, the joy it gives to those who find it by grace and their willingness to forsake all to gain it. The first highlights that the value of the kingdom is hidden from most people and sometimes discovered as if by accident. And the second portrays a person who is intentionally seeking it. So these parables give us a unique picture of salvation. It is like something hidden from most people, but so valuable that people who have, who have it revealed to them are willing to give up all that they have to possess it. So these two aspects are what I want to meditate on this morning, my brothers and sisters. But before I begin, let me encourage you. Even if you heard this parable a thousand times, listen again. Listen again. It is worth revisiting his words about the nature of the kingdom. And, any, and for any first-time visitors who are not believers, or perhaps a long-time visitor who is not trusting in Christ, friend, we are glad that you have come today. As you hear about God's kingdom, I want to ask you, what is the most valuable thing in your life? What do you treasure most above all in this life? But hear what Jesus has to say about what is true treasure and what is lasting. Here's the central point of today's passage, and it is in your bulletin at the top, if you're following along and taking notes. The central point is this, simply, nothing should mean more to us 
than God's kingdom. Nothing should mean more, more to us than God's kingdom. And I have two points from the text to help you see this. Point one, we know that we find it by grace. We know we find it by grace. Jesus is showing his disciples what they possess and how the kingdom is discovered. The parable of the buried treasure is discovered by pure grace. Look at the surprising nature of, the, of their discovery. Look how the, dis, the discovery is surprisingly revealed. Jesus tells us the kingdom is like buried treasure. That means its discovery is like the situation of a treasure hidden in a field. Finding the treasure appears to be by surprise, and the odds are very low of this happening. To find a treasure like this in this illustration would happen once in a thousand lifetimes. It is truly, truly surprising. The extravagance of the parable dramatizes the supreme importance of the kingdom. And there is great joy to find it, to find such a precious treasure. Look at how unexpectedly the man finds the buried treasure. So for modern-day modern Americans like us, we hardly use the term treasure exclusively to talk about valuables. That's because we tend to hold a variety of valuables and wealth in different storehouses. It could be banks, stock portfolios, or personal lockboxes. But in Jesus' day, there were no formalized banks. Apparently back then, it was common to bury one's valuables in some secret place. The parable of the treasure in verse 44 assumes a certain cultural context, namely that it was known that when thieves or invading armies um, threatened, people might have buried treasures in clay pots. So imagine knowing that at some point upon your land, your backyard, or even in your garden, there could be buried treasure. If the original owner of the treasure failed to return it, the treasure remained in the ground until someone stumbled upon it, as the laborer in this parable does. When he did, he shrewdly hid it, sold everything, and bought that field so as to acquire that treasure. Now, the behavior of the laborer seems ethically doubtful, but in that culture, field hands could possibly act like the man in the story. But brothers and sisters, don't get bogged down in the illustration. Get a sense of the surprise that the man must have felt. So the parable clearly teaches that the kingdom can be discovered in surprise and is worth all that one possesses. Jesus wants us to see that some people discover the worth of the kingdom as they are plowing the familiar fields of life when suddenly, against all expectations, they find treasure. What a marvelous picture of discovering Jesus. Discovering Jesus is something so surprising that it becomes infinitely valuable. That such a kingdom of worth exists that it brings up the greatest joy within someone. And so to my friends in the room who have not placed your trust in Christ, I would like to talk to you for one second. You know that all, you know that all the treasures of this world do not satisfy 
the longings of the heart. But I present to you the treasure that is near and everlasting. God loves you. And he loves you enough to tell you that you are headed for destruction in hell because of sin, rebellion against God. In fact, the parable surrounding this one, Jesus warns you that those who reject the kingdom and reject the son, Jesus, will be thrown out at the final judgment of God with, as it is described in the text, weeping and gnashing of teeth. We have none loved God. We have all failed to treasure God as supreme, as both creator and Lord, and we are all condemned in our sinful state. But friends, here's the good news. Jesus Christ, through his life, death, and resurrection, makes it possible for sinners to enter into his kingdom. In fact, God makes it available by invitation to all who would ever repent and believe. To repent is not clean up your life and be a better person. No, God calls you to repent, to turn from your sin and to trust in Jesus alone and in the salvation that God has already provided through him. God can forgive sinners through Jesus' payment for their sins in their place at the cross. God can forgive you because he sent his son as a substitute to die in your place, to take on himself the judgment we deserve. So how do we know that Christ's payment is satisfied? God raised Jesus from the dead. So friend, God invites you to trust in Christ and you can have eternal life and you can inherit the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God and its value is not easily seen by man, but it is there. And some by God's grace happened upon it when they were not looking for it. So brothers and sisters in Christ and friend, can you remember a moment when you discover something so precious, perhaps not buried treasure, but maybe like an unexpected experience or you're on your way somewhere and a pleasant surprise came your way? Quote, hey, I got tickets for box seats at so-and-so stadium. They're yours for free. Hey, guest, I know that you're sitting in coach class, but because of a cancellation, we're moving you up to first class. Oh, I'm friends with the stage manager. Would you like to meet the whole cast of tonight's musical? Or I was walking on the street and I found a $20 bill laying on the side of the road. Don't you see, brothers and sisters? The kingdom is revealed, not acquired. It is found, not obtained. God's kingdom is discovered by pure grace. Because of the surprising discovery, this parable should stir interest in us to know more about this kingdom. Picture this moment with me. Jesus himself is among his disciples, and he is among us right now through the word by the Spirit. Friends, it is Jesus himself who reveals the secrets of the kingdom. Jesus says himself, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, because this was your good pleasure. So it is not by the will of man, but the will of the Father that the kingdom is revealed and discovered. Jesus himself encourages us to seek it. So if you can hear me this morning, don't miss this. 
Yes, the kingdom comes by God's grace, but don't think you can just wait for it to come to you like some weather event, or you can just simply delay and pursue it later. Pursue it trusting he is at work in you, wooing you, and working, my friends. So whether by surprise or whether by careful search, true disciples of Jesus enter and discover the value of the kingdom by God's grace. So God uses both means of grace to lead people into his kingdom. So brothers and sisters in Christ, as we live out Jesus' reign in our lives as citizens of, the, of this blessed kingdom, this is why we pray. This is why we share the scriptures with a lost world and to seek to live faithfully. God uses means of grace to spread the message of his, king, of his kingdom and its value. So brothers and sisters, also, if we know, if we know Christ and found this treasure of eternal life, then shouldn't we be the most thankful people? Thankful to God for every providence and means of grace he has used in our life, lives to show us his kingdom. Prior to coming to know Christ, some of you were pursuing your own treasure in this life, whether it be your own sin, your own agenda, or going your own way. And you encountered a special evangelist or you stumbled upon the kingdom by hearing about God's love for you through a radio program or a chance encounter with someone who shared the gospel with you. Some of you traveled far distances, for, even from foreign countries, to come to the United States with your own motives and your own life plan. And you were, by God's grace, brought to some Christian meeting or ran into someone who was a Christ follower. And some of you, by grace, wanted answers. In your angst at a certain point in life, knowing something in your life did not add up to peace, righteousness, and joy, God was working that desire in you in only ways that he can explain. You found a Bible and picked it up. You searched for it for truth. You started looking up churches or hanging out with Christian friends and asking, what's with these people? What do they have that I don't got? And all of us, whether surprised by joy in finding the kingdom or discovery by finding it, finally finding it by careful search, don't we all lay claim to the greatest possession of all, Jesus Christ, the Son of God? Paul writes in Ephesians about Christ and what we possess. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace that he richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. Do you see, brother and sister, what Jesus is telling you today? You possess all the spiritual goods of the kingdom its entry and its participation, which is of infinite value and worth because God placed it for you in your life. So brothers and sisters, this should increase our humility. Again, the Apostle Paul reminded the Corinthian church that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God, but also reminding them, and some of you used to be like this. But, beloved, we were without hope, but praise God, 
He intervened by sending conviction of sin and understanding of the truth. That is his kindness. So what a joy and privilege it is to know that something of infinite worth and value for free. So please hear this good news. God's kingdom by grace can be sought. It can be found. It can be discovered. And then joy abounds. Again, to anyone today who's not trusting in Christ, maybe today you're here to make the discovery of your life that the God of the universe can be known and that you can enjoy him forever through having your sins forgiven through Christ Jesus. And maybe you're here today as a disciple of Christ, but your joy is low as a believer. You're downtrodden because of the burden of your sins of this week, or you feel distant from him. Or maybe you're struggling with your own weaknesses and going through severe trials, or you simply lack joy. These parables remind you of what you already possess by grace. Jesus is yours, and Jesus is mine. The kingdom is already yours if you are, by grace, trusting in him. He has made it fully available, and Christ and all the benefits of salvation are yours. They cannot be revoked. So, brothers and sisters, have you thanked God for the grace of helping you see who Jesus is? Have you praised God that his kingdom is forever because you serve the risen Christ? And we have the greatest privilege as citizens of the kingdom to tell others about this grace we found, praying that God will help others find this treasure. So now, let us move on to point two. Nothing should mean more to us than God's kingdom. Point two, we know it is worth every sacrifice. We know it is worth every sacrifice. Now, let me front load here by saying that the kingdom is not for sale. Indeed, we can do nothing to acquire it. But if it were for sale, if we had to sell all that we had to gain it, we should count it as a bargain. Look at verse 44. It took all he had, but the worker bought the field. Now look at verse 46. It took all he had, but the merchant acquired the pearl. This shows us, brothers and sisters, the surpassing value of the kingdom. Despite its small beginning in this lowly man from Nazareth and, it, and its great cost of his life, this kingdom is worth all we have. And despite the ignominious death, pain, and suffering Christ had to endure, in his resurrection, the kingdom's rule and reign are forever secured. Christian disciples are given this message to take to the world that Jesus' kingdom is so value and everlasting. But to be, cl be clear again, we cannot do anything to earn it. People sometimes say, I want to get right with God. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll clean up my life. However, the glory and treasure of the gospel is just this. We do not do a thing to earn it. Jesus does all that is necessary. Amen? We receive his rule and his blessings by grace alone through faith alone. The supreme treasure of the kingdom is the gospel of the kingdom. So here's the thing, and hear me. Both parables imply the kingdom is within reach, but one must abandon all else to gain it. 
So here's the thing to consider. The parable of the pearl is similar to the previous one, except that the laborer finds his treasure by accident, whereas the pearl merchant obtains the prize through a long search. If the parable of the treasure compares the kingdom to a delightful surprise, this parable compares it to the climax of a careful quest. In ancient Rome, pearls were considered more precious than diamonds. The Roman historian Pliny the Elder remarked that pearls occupied the highest position among valuables. But today, um, finding pearls is not too difficult for us due to online shopping, or we can hit up Costco or the local jewelry store. But in ancient Rome, the value of the pearl was in the fact that each pearl, were, each pearl was considered unique. No two pearls were exactly alike. And merchants, with the absence of cars and planes, would go far and wide to search for these pearls. Jesus is telling us how far and wide this merchant is willing to search for fine pearls for something precious. You know, in Matthew chapter 19, we see this parable get some clarity. When a rich young ruler asked Jesus, what good must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus, hearing the young man justify himself before God by claiming he kept the whole law, exposes the true treasure in that man's heart, telling him to, Jesus tells him, sell your belongings and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. The rich young ruler was exposed, though. He treasured his riches as an idol and didn't know it. He counted the value of his earthly possessions as more valuable than the Son of God. But here in these parables, Jesus wants us to see something of more infinite worth. The value of the kingdom is worth more than all the possessions that we have. And look at the wisdom of what Jesus is telling you. Once you realize the value of the kingdom it is worth sacrificing for. Now, if you think this is going to extreme lengths, understand that people go to extreme lengths for a singular goal or something valuable every day. Athletes forsake time with family, friends, and others to lead a Spartan lifestyle for the goal of a championship and gold medal even their physique is evidence what they treasure. Businessmen and lawyers sacrifice time and effort to obtain money or to win a case. Students lay aside time and sleep and social outings to get that degree. So every day, brothers and sisters, we wake up each morning to a system of values and what we treasure, we will pursue. So Jesus helps us evaluate if we treasure him above all others. For Jesus himself says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So hear me. What you have to see first is that our hearts are not naturally good, but against God. 
Humanity gave up the highest treasure we could possess, God our creator, and rejected him for the things he created. In our sinful nature, we treasure and value the things of the world. We not only treasure them, but we pursue them as idols, rejecting God's rule. So throughout Matthew's gospel, we see God's word presenting to us this dilemma. The kingdom of heaven is near, yet we treasure the things of this world before over God. But do you see what the merchant is doing? Once the merchant, in his travels, encounters that one pearl that was priceless above all others, he gave up all to pursue it. The merchant was in the business of finding regular fine pearls, but unexpectedly, one priceless pearl came into view. The kingdom of God is revealed by grace, but even more so, by grace, its everlasting value is revealed. So to these original disciples, they have discovered the greatest treasure ever. And when they discover what it means to be part of this kingdom, to be under the loving rule of Christ and God, to discover Christ and his salvation and its benefits, it is worth more all than all that they ever had. In fact, it is worth pursuing than all the treasures of this life. To you, my brothers and sisters, this kingdom is revealed and it is yours. It is worth all sacrificing. It is worth all sacrificing for in joyful pursuit. Jesus is worth it. So in showing us the true value of the kingdom, these parables should raise a question in our minds this morning. What is most valuable to you? And how does it compare to God's kingdom? But check this out, brothers and sisters. The kingdom is worth sacrificing for because Jesus is worth it. For in him, salvation and all its benefits are found. He is the treasure his true people still possess, even in the most dire circumstances in your life. He is the son of God in whom all worship and praise is due. He is God most wise, where all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are found. He is our mediator, the high priest who intercedes for us. Oh, brothers and sisters, he is gentle and lowly in whom our souls may find rest. Brothers and sisters, isn't it amazing that even in this world of uncertainty we are living in, where we could be inches from economic oblivion, that even if the worst calamity were to befall us, that we still have Jesus. The Apostle Paul describes the treasure he found even when he was in jail. But everything that was a gain to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Because of him, I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them as dung so that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Even in Paul's most dire circumstances, forsaking everything for the sake of Christ, he knows he is gaining something more 
of infinite value, Christ himself. So if you're a believer, laying hold of Christ means, may mean that you may come to a point in your life where you have to forsake lesser things for Christ. Perhaps it's a relationship that wants you to forsake Christ. Perhaps it's a job or a career with more money that wants you or is tugging at you to neglect Jesus. Perhaps it's time devoted to some form of entertainment or hobby, but it is causing you to neglect Jesus. People come to know Christ, see his value by the grace of the Spirit, and then they realize that people, jobs, pleasures are making demands of them that only Christ deserves. This is where you need to pray for help. Seek good Christian counsel. Know God's word. And get to know Jesus and his infinite worth throughout all of your life. Jesus makes no apologies. His kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy is worth it and is found in him. So if you're a new believer in Christ and you have discovered that following Jesus has already caused you to, to lose relationships, remember, Jesus is worth it. He is God. He is the everlasting treasure and he is yours forever. If you are a seasoned disciple who has given up much in your Christian life in your walk with Christ, whether it be promotions, jobs, the pearls of this world, friends, or being away from family so that you can pursue Christ at a healthy church and grow in knowing him, he says to you, the kingdom is worth it. And Jesus assures us himself that all sacrifice while in the kingdom is worth it. For he says, and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields because of my name will receive a hundred times more and will inherit eternal life. I still remember um, one Sunday school here at our church where we invited a young missionary to give us her missionary report where she told us of a story of one new young female disciple from that part of the world, that this lady, in following Jesus, virtually was signing up for a life of singlehood for the rest of her life because most men in her context were Muslim. But she found a treasure beyond love and relationship in a marriage. She found Jesus, and Jesus is worth it. So, brother and sister, let me ask you something. What is the total value of all the money, gadgets, career accomplishment, social media likes, and Netflix shows completed compared to God's kingdom? These things will perish with you, but only Christ lasts. Parents, if there, were a, if there was a survey given to your children with the following question. What do your parents value most in life, displayed by your time and money spent, sacrifices given, and attention paid to? What would your children say? Children and teenagers, let me talk to you. The world each day is screaming at you more than ever 
with its treasures on display. How does all the mobile games and video games, its trophies, or all the social media likes compare to being found in Christ and knowing him? And everyone in this room, what pursuit, what pursuit will be more lasting in value? Building up disciples here at La Plata Baptist Church or at home or in your marriage or in your families or pursuing your career and hobbies and entertainment. Yet, let's not forget the joy of pursuing his kingdom. See the wisdom of the man who found the buried treasure. The sacrifice to get the treasure increases joy. Disciples of Christ are marked by sacrificial joy. Because of what Christ has done for us in the gospel, we possess the greatest treasure on earth. Brother and sister, are you lacking in joy? See how Jesus sacrificed himself so he becomes ours. How precious, how precious is the truth that Jesus, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Jesus, in love, went to the cross to pay for the sins of people like you and me. He loved us in that amazing action. The joy set before him was not the cross, but the redemption of his children. And so his joy becomes our joy. The kingdom is yours. Are we, and we are free from the treasures from this world so that we can freely pursue him. For Christ is the treasure we possess, and his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion endures from generation to generation, and his rule shall have no end. So let me conclude, my brothers and sisters. Some final exhortations. How can we pursue and know God in his fullness and value? I encourage you, study the word and study Christ in his word. See the wisdom of Jesus in the Proverbs. See the redemptive power of Jesus in the Exodus. And see the value of knowing God and walking with him through all stages of life in the Psalms and pursue him in all of life in shining your light before all men and women and he is worth all joyful sacrificial pursuit. It is a life filled with joy. So we're gonna sing a hymn called How Rich a Treasure We Possess. Consider the words in your heart as we sing how rich a treasure we possess in Jesus Christ our Lord. His blood our ransom and defense, his glory our reward. The sum of all created things is worthless in compare, for our inheritance is him whose praise angels declare. And consider in your heart today, this week, the value of the kingdom. Let's pray, brothers and sisters. Heavenly Father, we 
Thank you, Lord, for time in your word. We thank you and praise you, Lord, for your grace. Help us to treasure your kingdom. Thank you, Lord, that you reveal this kingdom and you invite all to enter by turning and trusting Jesus and turning away from our sins. Lord, for those of my brothers and sisters who are lacking joy, remind them by your spirit what they possess. Lord, for seasoned disciples who know the joy of the, being in your kingdom, strengthen them today to continue walking with joy. And for those, Lord, who do not know you, may they, Lord, discover the greatest treasure. And Lord, may they come to you, Lord, this treasure that you freely give. In Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen.